welcome to the show, Amy Weber Unleashed. I'm Amy Weber, and today I'm so excited. I have a really good friend that I reconnected with recently. Her name is Bonnie Jo Laughlin. I'm sure a lot of you know her. I want you to welcome her to the show. We have a lot to talk about. Welcome, Bonnie. Hey, girl. How are you? Good. How good are you? Good to see you. You too. We're always talking on the phone, but it's good to actually see you visually. You always look beautiful. Thank you. You too. I know you have so much going on, so I really appreciate the time today. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. So it's so interesting. I was thinking on, uh, before we went on, how, do you even remember how we met? Was it on a job? Were we modeling? It's got to have been. I, I mean, I know it had to have been a job, right? Or from someone in the industry, I'm assuming. Maybe Bernard. Right? Maybe. Maybe. We've been friends for like decades and we've worked on so many different, from Venus to Fredericks of Hollywood to, I mean, I can go on and on and on, right? The different, I'm trying to think though, or was it a, I don't know. I can't remember. I it's got to be on from some shoot. Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing that, um, <laughs> well, listen, I love everything about you, but I think one of the things that I love about you that we have so much in common is that we really were sort of raised tomboys. And I kind of wanted to find out, like for me, you know, um, up until the time I was born, they thought I was a boy. I mean, they were dead set that I was a boy. I don't know what happened, whether my hand was down there during the sonogram. They just didn't do them back in the (laughs) the 50s, back in the 50s, you know, when I was, um, they didn't do sonograms. But, um, you know, when I came out and was a girl, I mean, I hate to say it. I'm sure my my dad was a little bit disappointed. Not to say your father was disappointed. I think it's a totally different childhood. But my dad still raised me kind of like a boy. I still did boy things. I raced motorcycles and was always in the dirt. So I know that you're very into sports and, um, you know, you barrel race. I kind of want to hear how your childhood was and how that came about. Well, it's funny because as much as I was a tomboy, it's like that was, you know, with my dad, like going all to the you know, games because he was a season ticket holder for the Niners and the Giants and the Warriors and, you know, any college games as well. So I'd always be going to the games with him, plus going over to the horse tracks. My dad has owned race horses before I was born. So I always, you know, kind of joked around. I learned how to ride a horse before even knowing how to walk. So um, I had that element. But then I had the other side with my mom, who was a model. Um, before she had me. And so I was a ballerina. I was in the San Francisco Ballet Company. Um, I modeled, I did pageants. I, you know, my mom had me in pageants when I was about two years old. So I kind of had that split type of lifestyle, Amy, from the tomboy, but then the really girly girly. And I guess that's kind of funny, hence the two names, Bonnie Jill. Like I had that two different type of lifestyles. And I feel like I kind of still encompass that today. Yeah, absolutely. Was your dad a professional baseball player or no? He was just really into baseball. No, he was um, undercover narcotics in San Francisco PD um, for 47 years. And um, he played on the SFPD baseball team. So, um, and then, you know, been riding horses forever too. So um, that was kind of, uh, I kind of, I feel like I am more like my dad because as much as like, you know, you and I both like to get dolled up and go on our photo shoots and walk the carpet or whatever. Um, I still love, I think I feel the most at home, sort of speak, when I'm in my boots. A jeans and um, t-shirt, you know. no makeup. I know. Baseball hat. I'm in a baseball yes. hat probably every day. Um, cowboy boots, you know, every day or my Jordans, you know, and, you know, and jeans. But yeah, it's nice to be in a dress, but the minute I'm in a dress, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get home and take this off. 
so funny. I'm the same way. I remember. And heels. I'm like, oh, I'll give you up these heels. And I ride away, put my flip flops on or, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to, I don't know. I know. Absolutely. We're definitely more comfortable just being sort of down to earth, sort of like yeah. salt of the earth girls. So um, tell me, I know that you, what, what cheerleading team did you start with first? Because I know you were a professional cheerleader for a few different teams. Yeah, so I was dancing professionally for the Samsco Ballet, and then um, I was cheering for the Golden State Warriors. I was actually still in high school, so it was my senior year of high school. I was cheering in the NBA for the Golden State Warriors, then went on to the 49ers, cheered there for two years. Um, was lucky enough to be there during their Super Bowl um, in 95. Got nice. a Super Bowl with them. That was the Steve Young, Jerry Rice days, and then I went over to the Dallas Cowboys and cheered there. Oh, my goodness. So the last stop was the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Yeah. You, you were never a Raiderette. No, I don't like the Raiders. <laughs> oh my, well. Yeah, I'm like, I can't be a Raiderette. I mean, I love the girls, you know, and um, respect the team, but I just, you know, they're kind of the villain in my eyes. The, That's the Raiders. so they're funny. I mean, look, I know they're in Vegas now. I'm in Vegas, obviously, yeah. shooting the podcast, but I, I don't know if you remember a woman named Gretchen. I don't, I don't want to say her last name. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, the truth yeah. is on. So uh, she and I were doing a catalog down in San Diego, some type of, I don't know, apparel line, outerwear or something. Yeah. And um, this is during the time of the whole like Simpson trial. And that, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and she was one of his. Uh-huh. Girlfriends or well, yeah. whatever. I don't know what word you want to use, but yeah. I don't really. Yeah, I don't know. All I know <laughs> was that I'm just so, I felt like I was so far removed. Like I would just do my job and then go home. Like I knew everyone, everyone sort of liked me, but I was never in the middle of the fray. And right. so um, we were staying in the same room together because that's what they do with models, right? They kind of just yeah, save money. Stay, we, we had to stand in, yeah, stay in rooms. It's something you didn't even know. <laughs> right. Don't steal my stuff, okay? <laughs> I know. Don't use my makeup. And so the right. phone rang for the hotel, which of course is archaic now because we all have cell phones. And I remember yeah. picking it up and I heard this oh distinctive voice say, um, what's cooking good looking? And I'm like, oh, shit. This is O.J. Simpson. Like, I just knew, yeah. right? He's the, got very distinctive. He's got a little bit of rasp voice. Soup, and yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't think you want to be talking to me. And so I had to wake her up. And I could hear them talking on the phone. And they were kind of, like, laughing about, she's like, really? You wore a mask? Uh -huh. You wore a disguise? No one saw you? No one. And I thought, what the hell am I? A part? Oh I, it's, like, so weird. I, like, I always find myself in these situations that I should yeah. not be in. And I was just like, it was just a really strange kind well, of Remember state. she stood by him through that whole trial? She did. Yeah, absolutely. Remember, she yeah. felt like, yeah, for sure she proclaimed his innocence and Yes. Yeah, definitely. We'll oh my leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. And moving on from there. Um, so uh I know that you were one of the, you know, look, I think it's not as much as a boys club as it was. Maybe it still is. You're in the thick of being a sports reporter and you would know it better than anyone. But I think when you started, you were really breaking a lot of molds. So how did getting into sports reporting, how did that even come about for you? Well, I got my degree at University of Texas. So while I was in Texas and um, I got my degree in broadcast journalism. Um, from there, I was able to get a lot of different jobs. I worked the morning show for ESPN, which was uh, Cold Pizza, which is now um, First Take and was correspondent for them. And then started working for NFL Network and uh, different um, networks. And then I went to uh, KCAL, KCAL CBS. And I was covering the Lakers doing their pre and post uh, game, a lot of different features. And then 
it was funny how it all kind of came about on um, the late Dr. Jerry Buss and Jeannie Buss and Mitch Kupchak, who was the GM at the time was like, hey, we really uh, want to try a female out. You've been covering the team. You know how to break down the triangle offense. You know these players. Why don't you, um, would you consider scouting? And so I scouted for a year. Um, it was Pac-10 and Big 12. Pac-10 at the time, now um, Pac-12, and I scouted for an entire year, Amy. Um, I did it for free. I didn't make any money that first year. Um, they loved my scouting reports and then signed me to a five-year deal and another five-year deal, um, becoming um, me becoming the first and only female scout in the NBA, um, which was different from the broadcast world. I mean, it was I was the only female in um, the NBA for all the different uh, scouts and me going to different games or going to the NFL um, NBA pre-draft camp, all of that was just me, woman by myself. You know, I would dress up sometimes. I'd throw my hair up in a ball cap and then wear baggy sweats and try to like walk and like talk, I mean, act like a dude, Amy, because I was like, I need to be kind of accepted. And yeah. I remember one of uh, the coaches, Brian Shaw, he said, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you dressing like that? Why are you like talking or walking weird? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to be like one of the boys because this is a boys club and I'm the only female. And he said, no, he goes, you're hired for a reason. You know your stuff. You're credible. You're knowledgeable. Just be you. He's like, if I can give you any advice, be you. You know, you don't need to be someone else. And I was kind of like, and still to this day, I always remember him telling me that, that you need to stay true because there are so many people who try to mold um, themselves into like someone else. And it's like, that person's already there. They don't need another person like that. Just be kind of true to yourself. And sure. it really helped along the way. Of course, it was a lot of, you know, uh, tears at night because, you know, you're under so much more scrutiny when you're a female, um, you're under a microscope all the time, constant, you know, especially my path was different. You know, a lot of these scouts have been scouting since the dinosaur ages and they were, they came through um, whether they played or they coached or whatever, they had this, you know, this path of just basketball their entire life. And so me coming from, you know, being a model or being a cheerleader, or, you know, so forth, they weren't as accepting of that. And it took a while for them to like, accept me as one of their own. And that took a long time. So I think that kind of prepared me for anything. At that point, I'm like, okay, I can do anything. If I can get through the way they, you know, people treat me in this industry, I can get through probably anything. That's crazy. It's so reminiscent for me being in the WWE and how that okay. is just such yeah. a frat, such a frat house. And it just felt like you just, I don't know, in the beginning, it's like I could do no right no matter how respectful, no matter what I was doing, I know, you know, we were actually um, required, even if you saw someone in the middle of a very intense conversation, if you didn't interrupt and shake their hand when you got to the arena, you had to go to wrestler court. Like we had an actual court, wrestler's court, where you could bring someone, uh, it was really strange. But anyways... Yeah, really, really weird. So, um, but you must, I mean, gosh, your parents must be so proud. Um, you know, not just your mom, but your dad also that you were able to pave the way because are there now more female scouts in the no. league? That's it, really? No. I'm still the only female to have uh, scouted. There are obviously female coaches, Becky Hammond, who's the assistant coach for the Spurs, who will probably get a head coach um, this next season. Um, they've got other executives, um, people in basketball operations, um, referees. Um, and then obviously if you look in the NFL, same thing, they have a lot of, uh, female coaches, um, female agents. Sure. There's a kicker but, too, right? Is there a right. female Yeah. Mm -hmm. But not, um, no scouts, no scouts. So it is, it's funny though, when they call it the boys club or when it comes to that, it's very much so, you know, uh, they, they'd like to keep it with the, the boys. Got it. As an <laughs> well, listen, at least you're able to show that it's possible. 
So maybe in the future that that ceiling will raise a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I want to talk to you also um, about your charity and animals. I know the animals are really, really close to your heart. They're really close to mine as well. I know that you you barrel race with horses. It's so funny. I was riding a Frisian, this gorgeous black Frisian. And my husband keeps saying, you know, you need to get back, you know, riding horses. And, you know, we have, I have a farm now. I have a ranch and I could basically put them. But here's my problem. Okay. You're an animal lover. Maybe you can help me with this. I would want it in the house because I would, I would feel guilty. So (laughs) funny. So I've owned horses my entire life, but um, my one mare that I have, I'm sure you've seen Amy that I post her all the time. Ella. I Elsa Ray. Elsa yes. Ray. I'm obsessed with, like obsessed with her to the point where I'm like, okay, how would I pick up the horse shit? Other than that, we're good. I just, how do I, I got to figure out, I got to have a bigger door to get her in. And then I guess she could kind of just sleep next to me. I'll put some like shavings down and then <laughs> I'll figure out how the, maybe the dogs and cats can kind of sleep on her. Like, trust me, I've had these like visions of how I can, you know, end up having her in my house. And then with that being said, uh, me and my boyfriend are looking at these barn dominiums in Texas. It's another thing I need, I need to tell you about. So, and the barn dominiums, it's basically, have you seen these, Amy? Do you know about these wait, barn dominiums? Okay, wait, so it's like a condo that's a barn for well, it's a house but the lower level is the barn and then um you have a kitchen living room in the bottom too and then upstairs are just all the the bedrooms but the barn is on the outside so you've got your horses stalls and paddocks right there so then like the front door Elsa would be meeting me at the front door or i can open a window the kitchen window and i could be while I'm washing dishes, not that I do wash dishes, but let's say I want to, <laughs> he, she can put her head through and I could be washing my dinner. And there she is. And I, I tell love this. He goes, cause he's kind of jealous of Elsa. It's funny how guys get jealous of their girlfriends or wives, horses. He's like, I don't really want to have Elsa like with me all the time. I said, no, Elsa's going to eat dinner with us. She can watch you work out. She, when you guys are watching, we're watching football games. Elsa's going to be there. My other horse Stormy can be there. He's like, I don't know if that sounds really fun. I'm not going to have any privacy. I don't I want Elsa a part of everything. I'm like, no, Elsa will be a part of everything. This is why I want to get this. That is so funny because our horses nosy like dogs because if my husband yes. and I are kind of together, we look up and the dog is literally like staring oh, yeah. at us. Like, oh, they're always like looking and she's super, super curious. Like he always wants to know like what I'm holding, what I'm eating, what I'm doing, you know? But I mean, how amazing is that, Amy, that you literally are living with your horse? And some I people love are- that. But for me, then I don't have to like work. I can always see what she's doing. I mean, I always want to know like when she's sleeping, I want to like, you know, I'm a kind of a stalker in a way of her because I'm always looking and seeing what she's doing. <laughs> but I feel guilty because so there's horse. Okay. Well, there's re- retired race horses across from me where I live. And then, yeah, we have a couple of those too. Which is incredible. And they're so beautiful. And I see them. I know they're very well cared for. I'm not saying yeah. they're not. But then on the back side of my fence, there are just these horses that. I know they're not these wild stallions that were brought from, I don't know, Wyoming or Montana. They were domesticated animals and they don't have any type of structure. Like if it's raining or it's cold. And so literally like I went and I bought, you know, blankets, like horse blankets. And um, it was raining. So I snuck over there and the guy caught me. I, he caught me putting the blankets and he was so pissed off at me. He's like, what are you doing? I go, they're cold. He goes, did they tell you this? You know what I mean? This farmer John with his overalls and stuff. And I just feel like old cowboy farmers. They they think these 
horses can like, they live like this in the wild. So it's fine. But if any horse has been domesticated, as we know right. that then they do, they want blankets, they want, you know, coverings, they, you know, they get, they get spoiled. Like if I, if something happened to my mare and she ended up with someone else, like, oh my gosh, she would not know how to live unless she's being spoiled. Right. I mean, cause of course spoiled from her grain to her supplements to she's got, you know, fly boots. So the flies don't touch her. She's got misters in her stall. So she's cool. Like I treat this horse. She's treated probably way better than most humans. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that's my problem. <laughs> and you I, like me. Like, I know. I'm like, what do I do? Bonnie Jill is the biggest animal lover. What do I do? Because I don't think I can get a horse unless he can somehow fit into the house and sleep, <laughs> sleep in the room. And that's a Frisian and they're quite large. Uh, Frisians are huge though. That's the thing. Yeah. But you could do a cool, you know, paddock stall, you know, where he could run around and then, or you can have him in the pasture and then bring him in during the, you know, the nighttime. Into the house? No, like oh. into like, <laughs> well, yes, you could. No, but into like, you know, a barn that's right next to you. Or you should have a barn dominium right there. Yes, I have a barn and I could, I could turn it into a, Barnuminium. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So on that it's topic, kids would sleep in there too. Well, my kids want it in the house. Like I said, okay, llamas. They go, will it fit in the house? And I'm like, oh, maybe. And then my husband's like, what are you doing? What are you yeah. doing with this situation? Well, you know, Arnold, uh, Schwarzenegger. He's got two little miniature ponies. They live in his house. They do. Okay. Google it. They live in his house. Well, there you go. And I... he's like eating cereal, and he's like, you know, he's got his accent, and he's talking to. Them. It was one of the <laughs> one of the ponies' birthdays. He just said, and he was talking to them, and he was giving them carrots and and birthday cake, and they're right at the kitchen table, Amy. Oh my gosh, I love that. But how do you? And I was like dying. I'm like, oh my god. Like now, I like love him so much just because of you know when you when you see someone that they love their animals. I like, know. I'm like, okay, now I even like you even more. Yeah, but how you can't potty train a horse, correct? Is that, no, no. Well, I guess some of the ponies they have them like where they try to put them in like get them to go in the litter box because you know like pigs do that. That's you a can big pigs to do that, but, litter box. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the little Shetland ponies—they don't, you know, it's not as big as. You and know, the flies people. too. Oh, it's funny because yeah. I know these horses can't stand this guy because of all the places that they could take a shit. It is literally right next to the house. They they have like ten acres, and then you go. That's weird that he has no coverings for them at all. Nothing, not even like a carport. I mean, like, look, even like a jalopy. Like, what is this, he, does he ride them? Does he do anything with not, them? Nothing, no. So why do you have them? All he does is basically water the uh, the pasture, so therefore there's more snakes. So I had to put up a snake fence because I found a rattlesnake on my doorstep yeah. the other day. Yeah. So, okay, talk to me about Hounds and Heroes and how that came about. Because I know this is a charity that that you started. It's really close to your heart. And I know I've donated and I, I love. Yes. Yeah. So I started it, uh, founded it in 2011. I wanted to be able to combine both my passions of animal welfare and then the support for our men and women in, in uniform. So both military and first responders. And so what we do is that we rescue dogs from shelters. We train them and then we pair them up. Um, like I said, with combat veterans or first responders that are dealing with PTS, uh, TBI, and then even um, wounded warriors that are dealing with uh, disabilities um, like amputees. So we train them as service and therapy dogs, um, and then we pair them up. And, um, and we also do equine therapy. So a lot of the horses that I've saved um, that are either at my parents' house or in um, Texas that were rescued from 
different slaughterhouses, unfortunately, kill pens, um, off the track thoroughbreds, and they're able to do equine retreats on the weekend. So these wounded warriors can go out and they ride for the weekend. Um, and we know how therapeutic horses are and dogs or any animal. So it really makes a huge difference. Um, and so for the dogs and the horses and you know, our heroes, it really makes a lot of sense. And we're saving lives, you know, cause you're saving, you know, a dog would, you know, could be euthanized because we usually do high risk dogs, you know, the horses that are in these kill pens and you know, the suicide rate for veterans is so high. So we kind of say that we're saving, you know, three different lives right there, just, um, just by doing this. And it's, we've seen the changes. We've seen how um, a guy who just came back um, from a deployment, who's all messed up, doesn't have any relationship with his family. Um, he can't even leave his house. He's scared to even do normal tasks, like go to the grocery store, or go to the bank. You know, he sleeps in his closet because he hears bombs going off in his head. And then we pair him up with a dog and he has purpose again. He is able to get up and do, you know, his daily routines. He's back, you know, functioning with his kids and his wife and getting a job um, post uh, military career. So we've seen like huge differences um, in the impact that we can make in these men and women's lives and then also the animals' lives. So something that we're keep you know growing. We're just in California and Texas, but we're hoping to keep growing and uh, just get more awareness out there of uh, rescuing and uh, helping um, our heroes. That's so amazing, Bonnie Jo. I mean, I know when I was going through chemotherapy and I had a dog that would not leave my side. Yeah. I mean, just knew how sick I was on that bathroom floor. And they, they know, they know. They like, do. They, and they know when you're upset, like they know that you were going through something and they wanted to be there for you in every step of the way. Yeah, and speaking about having a purpose, you know, it's interesting because when I became a mom, I realized that, you know, look, we all have bad days, but, you know, I think it just really kicked me in the ass where it's like, you have to get up. I mean, you've got these two little people that are relying on you and you're also setting an example for them. And so I think it's okay, obviously, to have your bad day, throw yourself on the ground, but, you know, you have to get back up for them. And yeah, so yeah. having that, you know, animal as a purpose that they know have to take care of them is just incredible. So is it houndsandheroes.com? How do people find yes. out more? Houndsandheroes.com and then we're all on uh, different social media. We just pulled a dog that was going to be euthanized within 10 minutes. We pulled him just like literally in the nick of time, maybe. And uh, his name's Charlie and he's um, right now at a board and train and then he'll be going to a foster and then we'll be seeing if he hits the requirements to be able to be paired up with veterans because sometimes they can't do the certain needs that the veteran needs. So then we'll just ending, end up adopting them out to um, different families, sometimes just military families that just want a companion dog. But we go through a lot of steps because as you you know some of these guys who get back from the deployments they deal with night tremors or some of them have seizures or they need these um, dogs to do different tasks for them which means the training is a lot more um, intense and long so each dog you know we usually do a lot of pit bull and german shepherd mixes those are the main um, breeds that we usually do and they make fantastic therapy and service dogs um, is it also because pit bulls are they the dogs that are usually um given up most frequently. Yeah, a lot of well, a lot of breeding. You know, so many people breed these pit bulls and then they pick the best that they want and they throw the mama and the you know and the rest of the litter there or they use them as bait dogs. So there's a lot of dogs we've pulled that are bait dogs, you know, in these dog fighting rings. Um, and sometimes they're you know just like the Michael Vick dogs and it takes a lot of rehab for them to get through. And like I said, sometimes they're not, you know, fit for a veteran, but then there's times where like this one story is so sad this 
Maureen had said, hey, you know, I really want to get a dog. And he goes, do you mind if I come with you to the shelter to see, you know, the dogs that they have? And so he came with me and there's a German shepherd that had been pulled about a mile and a half by its owner. They tied him to the back of the truck and they just dragged him for a mile. He just had no for nothing on him. What the he was fuck just, is wrong with people? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bad, Amy. I mean, bad. Right. So, um, and it's funny. So this Marine was like, Hey, you know, um, what about him? And I said, well, you know, he's going to, you know, take a long time for him to, we got to rehab and we got to go through all this. And he said, well, I'm the same thing. He goes, well, we'll rehab together. Oh. <laughs> he's like, I was blown up by an IED. He goes, and this dog dealt with the same stuff. So it was almost like, Oh, I feel like, we're going to grow together. And it was amazing, Amy, how they were able to bond just because they've dealt with so much trauma in their life and then build this relationship. And then the dog knew you save me, I'm saving you. And pretty, pretty cool. That's you know, when you, so he, amazing. Why would, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was like, why would you, he's like, well, I was blown up. I have burns all over me. Right. So it was very, it was, it was one of those moments where I'm like, okay, this is good. This is why I'm doing this. How do you even hold it together? I mean, I literally oh, would just be a mess. Like, Oh, and it's, and it's, it's like these stories though. It's like, you're always, they're like happy tears, you know, but it's always like, oh my gosh, like it's crazy that you're able to, you know, try to make it. I mean, we're only making a small difference. I wish we were bigger, but just that one impact that we're making on that dog and that veteran or whatever it may be, it just, you know, you can see the difference. I mean, we know we, you know, you and I, we don't have PTSD or TBI, but you have bad days. And when you see your dog walk in with his wag tailing and unconditional love and look in your face, you're like, Oh, okay. I'm in a little better mood now. <laughs> right. No, I mean, they come absolutely. You, no, I, I actually do have PTSD. I don't know what it is. No, I do yeah. have PTSD, which is crazy from my childhood. Yeah. I had no idea. There were nights when I was sleeping in a closet and I really, I didn't understand why it was just this, like, I couldn't get a wall close enough to me to feel safe. And so, um, I can't imagine a life without an animal. I can't imagine anyone. It gets that... you through the, the toughest times of your life. It I does. Mean, and, and it's always odd to me and, you know, I'm not trying to talk bad about anyone, but I think it's weird when I go into someone's house and they don't have an animal. Like, I'm sorry. It, do it doesn't feel like a home unless you have a pet. That's just my opinion. No, it's and true. Listen, like, if I'm interviewing people, like dog, you gotta have a cat. Have a, I don't care if you have a guinea pig, a fish, like something. If you don't have any kind of animal, I question you. I right. do. Yeah. No, I listen. I literally, whenever I'm hiring anyone, whether that's someone pre-COVID, of course, that would come in and clean the house or be there for my kids. Yeah. I look to the dogs to see the reaction because they can, they literally can tell someone's energy. And if they've got like some weird wacky energy, the dogs are going to be getting the zoomies and going crazy. Whereas someone that just goes and like they lay at their feet, you kind of understand. It's kind of like I took my kids to the wolf connection. I know that you are yeah. a big advocate. Yeah. They're, I'm so glad you got to go there. Oh my gosh. That was such an amazing experience. And just the, the fact energy, that. Right? The energy, the wolves feel your energy. And when they went and lay down at all of our feet and then were licking us in our face, they were all just like, this is crazy. And it yeah. made me, I mean, it just made me feel, because I always question, am I being a good parent? Am I, you know, screwing this up like I thought I was going to? Um, <laughs> and then the wolves were like, no, mom, you're doing actually like. You're doing a great job. You're doing a good yeah. job. So it's what's going on with that. you now? Are you, you're reporting, are you in. Um, yeah, finally COVID is. um 
I don't know, I guess I shouldn't say ended, but the pandemic is, you know, a little more uh, getting people back to some normalcy. So I'm able to get back. And so I'm working for NBC Sports and CBS um, as well. So I'm able to get back and reporting for the, you know, the games all in the Bay Area, the Giants, Warriors, um, Niners, and then the River Cats in Sacramento, which is the Giants AAA team. So it's nice. I'm getting back in the swing of things, being able to go to games, you know, obviously um, being vaccinated has helped out, you know, for us reporters to be able to get back in on the field and doing these interviews with players. And because it was so tough, Amy, doing this like Zoom, like how you and I, but every, you know, after every game, it's like they just get down with the game and they go into like a room and you have to talk to them. Oh, Energy really? You didn't have like a weird. six foot yeah. like microphone? They wouldn't let us, I won't, they wouldn't let us in the same wow. room until the vaccination, right. you know, then they were okay with it. But so that's been really nice is that been able to get back to normalcy, being on the road, I'm on the road like once a week. And as much as that sounds crazy, like I'm one of those people, if I'm not go, 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 I go kind of crazy. Like, I, crazy. like yeah. I thrive on stress as crazy as that sounds. I think I like being stressed out, but you know what I mean by stress, like a good stress, like a sure. challenge. You, know, you like being challenged. Going, yeah. Yeah. So, and I know you're the same way. Just you, I can't just stop. Like if I just have to sit there and not do anything, I would go nuts. I would go nuts. I know people say like, well, you have enough. What are you doing? You could just slow retire. Down. Slow down. Yeah. But I go, and then what? Like how many times you go? I don't, I do my own nails. Like I usually do my, I mean, how many times to the trip to the mall can you make? I mean, it's just like. Insane. <laughs> just, I mean, some people, like, even if I was a billionaire, I would still work just as hard. Yes, me as I well. I like working. Like, I, I don't know. It's just. Either you are or you aren't though, right? It's true. It's like purpose. It just gives you a purpose. For sure. I wanted to ask you one last thing. And that was, do you remember the lingerie bowl? Were you ever a part of? Oh my gosh. Yes. So the first, let's see. I'm trying to think who I was on. um, What's the, um, what's the pretty uh, redhead? Angie Everhart. Okay, so I was on her team. Okay, so I was trying because I have these pictures of us, and Nikki Ziering was the blue team when we because it was like the first. Because I, yeah, I did I, color commentary. I was one of the announcers for right. the game. And I never did a game. I just did the photo shoots and stuff. And then all of a sudden I realized I'm like, this is going to, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. Would well, you so, know they had this thing? Were you there when they found out? Because a good friend of mine, Hayden, she had done the amazing race. She told me that there was something in the contract that said you cannot wear underwear under the shorts because yes. they were hoping because it was yes. a pay-per-view that somehow someone would grab them by the underwear and pull their pants off, right. which would just and be the this. Girls wanted to wear sports bras under their bras. Right. And they it? weren't allowed. They weren't allowed. Yeah. And there were just so many different things. And, you know, at that time I was really starting to go, trying to go full blown with my reporting. And I'm like, you know what? Girl, hell this, no. could really, <laughs> this could be really bad for me. You know what I mean? This could end up like bad. So yeah. I'm like, and I remember I forgot the guy's name, but I was like, yeah, I know I already did all your photo shoots and PR stuff. I just, I can't be a part of this team, but you know, I think it's like pretty big now, the LFL. Is it really? It. Okay. Here's the best part. And we'll, we'll They're kind really of like playing football and they don't really wear the cheesy as lace and stuff. They wear like shorts and little half tots, but it's not as like, you know what I mean? Before it was a little bit like, oh, this, they're, they're, they're serious athletes. Is yes. What I mean, say. they're like jacked girls and they like could Ooh. play like football. Yeah. I love that. So the funniest part was that, look, I love football. I love a lot of sports, but to say that I'm some, you know, expert when it comes to calling plays and things like that. Right. So they put me on color commentary and I don't. Oh, was it fun? 
<laughs> I just kept saying the same weird stuff like, you know, wow, look at that. Look at those legs. I don't know. I was just saying really <laughs> stupid shit. I was probably the worst color commentator ever. I mean, I got oh, through. I can't think I remembered that. But yeah, it was, do you remember all the girls that were involved? There's a lot of girls that we modeled. With our girls. Yeah, yeah, our crew. All our group of girls. I know. And then all of us started saying, Oh, this kind of seemed cute for now. It's like, I know. I was like, Yeah, this is kind of Nikki a very out. She's like, I'm not doing this. Cause then all of a sudden they were saying, like, she thought because she was going to be the quarterback. Remember, Nikki was like, Yeah, well, you're not going to be able to like touch me, right? Cause they're going to make it more like flag football. And then right. they're like, No, no, this is tackle. You, and they can sack you. And she was like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> She's kind of want to kind of want to lose a nail. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get like, you know, and they had like, you know, we were showing so much skin. Like, girls yeah. are going to get completely like messed up. You oh know? my gosh, I just remember that was such a funny day. I was like, I'm live and I don't know what the who fuck. Who were you I'm... with though? You were with someone. I was with an actual sports reporter <laughs> yeah, who, who was doing the play by play. Yeah, who was it though? Yeah, I think that it was such a bad day. I probably blocked that whole yeah, I mean, thing but I remember out of my mind. I remember that you did it, but yeah, that's so funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Listen, it has been such a pleasure. I could talk to you for hours and hours. Um, but I want to thank you so much for coming on to the show today. And um, yeah, for any information, we've got Bonnie's Instagram and um, Hounds and Heroes. Also, please go and check that out. And Bonnie, thank you so much. Thank you. And I'm so happy all your success. I mean, have you talked about bragged on yourself, but like you being like one of the best real estate agents, like no, I'm just talking about yeah. my pitfalls. That's I'm well, right. I'm just yeah. talking about the the, the, the shit yeah, I've been it's through. Big, it's pretty big deal. <gasps> Thank you. So I'm gonna brag on you. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> I'll do. I'll I'll save that for a whole another episode. Okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome, Thanks, girl. Love you. Thanks, Bonnie. Love you too. All right, guys. Thank you so very much for watching. And um, I'll wait to see you on the next episode. And remember. Whenever there is rain, look for rainbows. And whenever it's dark, try to find some stars. I'm Amy Weber.